0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me as always, Patty.
1: Hey, Adam. How's it going? It's
0: going good. How you feeling?
1: Well, do you want the truth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No. We'll take up an hour. No. No, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking.
0: Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Let's jump into today's show. Because we got an awesome guest uh, on the show. He's no stranger to the show. He's no stranger to Heroes Media Group. He's been a longtime friend, mentor, uh, Army veteran, Army Ranger veteran, uh, father, husband, uh, great friend, uh, founder of Gallant Few, our friend, Carl Monger. Carl, how you doing?
2: Until you said Gallant Few, I thought you were talking about somebody else. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always a pleasure well, I, to have I, I you could, on my friend
2: I got to compliment you too The intro that you did there Very professional and radio sounding
0: Thank you I've been working on my voice And, and projecting everything like that So I, I actually sat here for 30 minutes And, and wrote that up and, and tried So that's, that's those, good
2: The, the exercises <laughs> where you, you wiggle your throat With yeah. <laughs> your fingers and
0: make noises and ow, ow, ow. Yep, Yeah, we're good <laughs> Oh so, well man. it's
2: working. Uh, it's great to be here with you and Patty.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. Well so listen, uh let's j just—I want to dive right into this because Carl, you're all over the place and and I, oh it's always a pleasure talking to you and, and and uh and whatnot. So what why don't you tell our listeners what you've got going on right now or kind of catch us up what's been going on this past year for you.
2: Yeah, it'd be easier to tell you what's not going on, I think. It's uh <laughs> it's always dynamic. Yeah and And, as the organization as gallant has grown, um, we have we we find ourselves a lot of times I describe what we do as is, is a triage process. Okay. so we identify a problem, whether it's a, a a larger veteran issue problem or it's an individual veteran problem, and then we try to identify the best solution for that. And so, as we've grown, we started back in. 2009 with the concept that it was this was just gonna be army rangers gallant few was just gonna be rangers Uh, but an individual that was extremely important in my life and helped mentor me through my own transition process is an army veteran that was not a ranger he was uh, an infantry officer and commanded a bradley company in germany and and one of the first things that he said to me was a challenge what am i doing for guys like him and uh, he said what you have in your concept there it will work for any veteran so expand your thought process so challenge me right away uh, he, he actually became one of the first founding board members of the organization and so 2010 was when we actually became a 501c3 right. and so we're eight and a half years old officially now and along the way we have always maintained one philosophy and that is Connection between two veterans can overcome obstacles. If we can prevent someone from isolating, then we can stop them from leading down the path that leads to bad things. Or, or at least we can give them the tools that can help them make the choices. Some of them still make the bad choices, but but at least we can show them an an azimuth, and if they choose not to walk that azimuth, and that's on them. The the um, well, I see Patty's, I saw a chat thing pop up. I'm like, oh, what, am I talking about something I'm not supposed to talk about? No, she's doing that for the show. Awesome. Okay. I know the ground rules now, so I won't mess that up again. But
1: <laughs> No, it was such great advice. I wrote it down so I don't forget it.
2: Well, there's a, there's an Army Ranger veteran out there named Josh who is uh, is doing this Operation Torrent, which is this amazing oh, yeah. uh, single-person feat where he's rowing he does the stand up paddleboard stuff which yep. if i tried that i'd probably blow out <laughs> three parts of my body in about 30 seconds uh but he does like around the world paddleboarding and he likes to say con- the connection is the cure right it's right. when you isolate that's when bad things happen so first off external plug operation torrent go check it out check out their facebook page and their website they've got some videos of what josh is doing and it's pretty cool stuff um and he's overcome some tremendous physical adversities through uh, him taking this on and, and having this challenge. So how do you facilitate these one-on-one connections? I go back to my own youth. My father retired as a sergeant major, but I didn't know him. He, he left my family when I was very young. And so I became man of the house when I was about four years old until my mom remarried when I was twelve. And during that time, I was very blessed to be one of the first kids in this brand new program called big brothers, no big sisters. Then it was just big brothers. And as my mentor showed me a path that was different than the one that was laid out in front of me, it opened up opportunities and thoughts in my head that I can be more like this guy than maybe uh, a different example. And when I got into college, soon as I turned 18, I volunteered and I mentored an at-risk youth through the Big Brothers program. And then after I left the Army, I'd been out, I want to say, somewhere around seven years. That Big Brothers Big Sisters agency was looking for their second executive directory in the, in the history of the organization. So I threw my hat in the ring and I went and ran that organization for two years. So I, I have a lot of experience on the being mentored mentoring, and then a professional in a a dynamic uh, organization that at that time now was Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So I fall back to the Big Brothers, Big Sisters mentoring model. You take one person who is in an at-risk population and their model, it's a single parent kid, and you connect them with somebody that's like them, that is successful in the civilian community, and it shows them a different path. Well, take that to veterans. You have a veteran that is leaving active duty, And we know that the VA is going to jerk them around. We know they're probably going to self-medicate. They're probably going to drink a lot. We know they're going to have trouble at school because the other kids in the class are two generations younger than them, even if they're about the same age. But the immaturity level is very frustrating and causes veterans to want to drop out of school or damage relationships uh, so they don't get their education. And that makes it hard to have a good income stream. And if they're going for a job, they can't understand why they're not getting hired. So all of these things conspire to move them towards what looks like a path of failure and isolation, because no veteran wants to pick up the phone and call their buddy and say, uh, hey, uh, I have to have a couple of shots of whiskey before I go to sleep at night. Uh, Do you think uh, that I have a problem? They're not going to say that because they're afraid they're going to get laughed at, even though now that there's been a lot of education, maybe not so much. But they eat that, they hold it inside. They don't want to admit they're having trouble getting or keeping a job or that they're fighting with their significant other or you name it, right? So when we connect them with a veteran that's just like them, same branch of the military, same MOS, that's local, eyeball to eyeball is important. They can sit down and the veteran that we call, not a mentor, but we call them a guide, When that guide sits down, and this is somebody who's been out 10, 20, 30 years that has successfully transitioned, a lot of times it's the hard way because nobody helped them, and now they're established in the community. They belong to rotary clubs and chambers of commerce and church groups, and they have a robust local network, and they can take that young veteran to a rotary club lunch or breakfast and introduce that veteran to people who may be able to help them with school or may be able to help them with a job. A veteran doesn't know when they leave active duty, they can go visit a chamber of commerce event or a Rotary Club event. They don't even know those things exist. And it takes them years sometimes to get to where they even know it's out there. So by making this connection, now you open up all of these local resources that can help. But what's even more important, that's like Josh Collins says, the connection is the cure because when I sit across the table from another ranger and we're having a cup of coffee because because too many veterans struggle with alcohol and we don't want to introduce that into a relationship when we don't know what the veteran is going through. So when you have an army ranger to army ranger, a marine raider to raider, or a truck driver to truck driver, they've been through the same thing, probably know some of the same people, and they're able to have a conversation that a parent cannot have, a high school buddy can't have. Uh, only another veteran to veteran. Uh, I can sit down with another Army Ranger, and if I see things they are they're making choices that are going to harm them, I can say, "Get your head out of your ass and let's talk about where your life is going." I, you can't have that conversation with a with your son or your daughter or your parent. Right. So, veteran to veteran is extremely important. But but you have earned the emotional authority to have that conversation because you've been through the same training. You have the same MOS. And now you've taken that as a baseline and you've become successful in your civilian career. That gives you tremendous credibility in the conversation.
0: How many veterans, Carl, would you say over the course of the years that you get, that you guys have been in operation? Have you guys helped? Oh, it's we didn't do a very good
2: job the first couple of years of counting them. It's several thousand. Last year was around 500 wow. in 2017.
0: That's absolutely amazing. I love all the stuff that you guys are doing over at Gallant Few. And those of you that are, are listening right now, that means you're already online. Open up another browser. Go to gallantfew.org and, and check them out. they got a lot of great programs uh, in there. One that I uh, really liked, you do it every February, called uh, Run Ranger Run. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: That is the reason that we don't have to have our hand out and ask questions donation every time we turn around we had uh, back in 2012 an army ranger veteran that decided to make a statement about the difficulty of transitioning from the military by being the physical embodiment of that difficult journey and he ran from columbus georgia to indianapolis in january uh, 565 miles got a stress fracture halfway and walked until we got him a bike and then he biked in so he did all 565 miles in a month and along the way, we raised enough awareness and money to pay for his journey. I think we raised about $12,000. Most of that paid for his journey. And then we gave him a grant at the end of it to help him with his transition. We wanted to honor what he had done. We wanted to continue that and build on it. And so the following year, we asked people to form a team of 10. And can you and nine of your friends do what Corey did all by himself, walking, running, biking, swimming, swimming? treadmill. It doesn't matter anything. You can measure distance on, but break it down equally. It's 56 and a half miles a person. It's two miles a day in the month of February. And uh, can you do that? So you get people from all around the country, all around the world, you get people that are in Hawaii and Alaska and Germany and Texas that are all on the same team because they know or served with each other or their relatives. We have some teams that are not no veterans on the teams at all. And, as they have fun sharing about this journey that they're making during the month of February, they develop healthier physical habits and they're having a fun time doing it. And as they share information, people donate. And so that single event that pays for all the baseline. I'm not going to say administrative expenses because that's not accurate because everybody in the Gallup organization is a case manager and works on solving veteran problems. We don't have overhead. Uh, but that, that pays for staff that functions within Gallup Fuse. So then if you check that money goes to either support the climbing events that we do, or or it pays for, sometimes we have to pay for a veteran to keep their mobile phone on for three or four months, because if you can't get a call, how are you going to get a job? Right. 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 So uh, we work with, some veterans that are on the verge of being evicted from where they live, we, we do not go in and just say, okay, here, we're going to give you some money. We make them go through a complete budget. We want to understand where their money's coming from, what they're spending their money on. And we ask hard questions. If you can't pay your rent, why the hell are you, do you have a hundred dollars a month cable bill? Right. Right. So it's prioritizing and budgeting and understanding that process. And then when and where it makes sense, then we help out to the best of our ability. We, we've worked with some people that have gotten themselves and, and usually it is gotten themselves into a pretty bad situation. And we're able to, by connecting them and by helping them keep their phone on and do those kinds of things, we're able to move them to another level where their life starts to improve. We, we um, and let me know if I'm hogging the microphone. No, no here Keep going. Keep going. When a, when a veteran comes to us, now we just started doing this this January, as part of our in-processing, we have them do uh, a 25-question survey. And that survey covers uh, each of the five points of the Gallant Few STAR model. STAR stands for self-training and responsibility. So there's two key terms in that, that it's you that you have to train. You've got to take that on yourself. And it's your ability to choose your response to any situation that some veterans need to be coached and trained into how to how to recognize or remember that they can actually do that. When you're on the highway and somebody cuts you off, you can flip them off or you can wave at them and wish them a nice day, right? You can make that choice. But you get angry because somebody just cut you off and you think I I can't control my reaction. I gotta flip them off. No, you can make you can Consciously choose what you want to do. You can consciously choose to take a uh, drink of alcohol or to drink a glass of water. It, it, you can make that choice right now. And uh, through our star system, we coach veterans into how to make those choices. There are five points of the Gallant Few Star. Each one is uh, an area of functional fitness. We say fitness because wellness is a wishy washy term. How do you measure wellness, right? right. Emotional wellness, that sounds like well, that's kind of a weighty thing, but how do you measure it? Well, I don't think you really can, but you can measure fitness. And functional means it's a technique that you can use in your daily life. So our key, probably the most important point of the five points of the star is functional emotional fitness. And we want to know uh, in, in our questionnaire, five points in each one of those five areas of the star we wanna know where you stand. We're, we're measuring your level of fitness in each one of those areas. And then as we look at things that might need to be uh, improved or where you could use some resources to help, then we can come back later on and we can take that same survey and we can see have you progressed as what we have, the approach that we have taken with you resulted in a measurable improvement. Functional emotional fitness is, Uh, understanding the impact of your subconscious on everything that you do. If uh, let's say somebody wants to lose weight and they, they lose a couple of pounds and then they have this intense craving for ice cream and they ate a whole gallon of ice cream on the weekend. Did I eat all that ice cream? Why am I so weak that I can't stay on my diet? Why do I make these choices? And when you ask yourself questions that start with why, I'm getting a note that my internet connection
0: is bad. Can you still hear me? Yep, I can still hear okay. you. Breaking up so, a little bit, but we, we, I got you. So the,
2: the, um, when you ask yourself a why question, the only way you can answer that is because. You know, why did you do this? Well, because of that. So why am I so weak? Well, because you were you had a bad home life when you grew up. Your dad left you when you were early, so it damaged your psyche. So just face it, you're always going to be fat. And that's the kind of self-talk that happens, that you rationalize your way into continuing the behavior. Hey, I want to quit smoking. Not that I'm a smoker. Occasional cigars, yes, but I want to quit smoking. And then I have this urge. I suck down a cigarette, and now I'm full of guilt, and I'm saying, hey, did I take another cigarette? And your mind comes back and says, well, because when you're in the military, you need a tobacco so you could stay awake when you're on guard duty. And that kept your buddies alive. So therefore, face it, you donated your lungs to the good of the country and, you know, just go ahead and have another cigarette. Right. Right. So to change your thought process and using some visualization techniques as to where you want your life to go then you ask yourself, what do I need to do to quit smoking? What do I need to do to helps you make a real lasting change?
0: I, I love this because the last time you and I were together, uh, I remember sitting in the car and we were having this conversation. It was mindset and and and, and, and whatnot. And, and before I get any further with that, Patty, you have a question?
1: Actually, I want to save this to the end of the show because I'm really interested in
0: this and I want to hear the rest. Okay. So, uh, my, so back on this, Carl, you kind of transitioning this because I think it goes with this. The last time I saw you too, I got a book from you. Uh, and it's a book that you wrote yourself. Um, common sense transition, mm-hmm. a call. It's a call to action. It's a, and it's a blueprint for change. Uh, First off, where can people get this amazing book? I've read this. I, I love it. It's something that I've preached to. It's up on the Heroes Media Group website. You go to the store page. You can, you can definitely purchase it there. But Carl, where else can they find this book? You can get it on Amazon. Okay.
2: So if you go to Amazon.com and you just search Common Sense Transition, you're going to find it. it. It's available in Kindle format as well as paperback and hardback. Uh, you can go to carlpmonger.com if you want an autographed copy. And you can order one there that I will sign and send to you. Uh, I want to point out that all proceeds of the book, once the cost of publishing the book is paid for, every penny that comes in over and above that gets donated to Gallup. So this is not right. and then, uh, uh, paid off the cost of publishing the book yet, but we're getting there. Right. <laughs> but, but once that happens, and I'm underwriting a portion of that myself, but right. but still uh, undertaking something like that and, and printing a bunch of copies like that is not a cheap thing to do.
0: No. Uh, so, it, it, folks, go to Amazon uh, and, and make sure you look that up. We'll, we'll have the links up on social media uh, as well. And also go to GallantFew.org. If you're listening uh, to this podcast, it means you're already online. Open up another browser. Go check that out. Carl, I want to I transition here just a little bit here um, because I, I don't want to forget about talking about this because I think it's very important. You have something uh, amongst all these other events and stuff. I see rock climbing and doing all these things with, with Darby Project. you got the Raider Project uh, and stuff coming up. But you, there's one event that caught my eye specifically that's coming up the end of October uh, this year. It's the, the Vet Expo. What's that about?
2: So two years ago, uh, our Raider Project director, Nick Kumlatsos, came to me and he said, We want to host the Raider Project Transition Seminar in Wilmington. We want to bring in nationally known veteran speakers. We want to talk about the seven stages of transition, which which mimic the seven stages of grief. And we want to offer ways that veterans can move forward in a positive way. We want positive messages. We want to capture the talks on video professionally done, kind of like TED style talks. And then we want to make those available for the greater veteran community at large. So we had... People like uh, Nick Palmisano from Ranger Up. That was one of the speakers. Mike Schlitz talked about overcoming adversity. Double hand amputee, burned like he looks like Mr. Potato Head. Love you, Mike. And <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, he's got he's got pin on, on ears. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I love I love Mike. It's funny.
2: And we had um, who else did we have? Uh, Vince Vargas who had just uh, produced a short video that is phenomenal, that uh, tells a, a very short transitional story through a poem and some in- imagery. And uh, and we had maybe 150 veterans that came to it. It was uh, very well received. The videos from that have 35 40,000 views. So there are a lot of people that have seen that message. Uh, last year, it was funny because after the first one, Nick said, never again. I will never, ever <laughs> undertake something like this again. No, not going to happen. Then last year, two months before, he said, hey, I'm going to do one in Texas. So we threw one together in a pretty short period of time. It was still very successful. I had some great speakers that were here, but fewer veterans came because we didn't leave enough time to plan. We didn't get the word out well enough. Right. So I talked to Nick, and and I said, what you're doing is it, – it's." uh bigger than just the Raider Project. I, I would like to to put the Gale, a few brand on it and let's, tr- let's change it from being a transition seminar to being an expo because it is about much more than just transitioning from the military because the things that we're talking about help you with your relationship. So you, you could be someone who's not even a veteran and come to this and you will take away things that will help you in your daily life because we're functional. We talk functional in everything that we talk about. And if it works for a veteran, it will work for anybody. Um, But so that expo was born. It is going to be the uh, last weekend in October here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. It's actually at the Marriott championship circle, which is right next to the Texas motor speedway, phenomenal uh, location. Vince Vargas is coming back. This will be his second time to, to join us to talk. Matt Griffith, who is the, uh, his vision and what he has done now. We have Ross Patterson, who's a West Point graduate, Ranger Tabbed, uh, former infantry officer, who has uh, a very successful consulting business called XM Performance, but he also uh, started several nonprofits that function in Afghanistan that are doing infrastructure work, employing Afghanis to uh, to do some really cool things there. We have a traumatic brain injury specialist coming in. We've got, uh, I, well, off the top of my head, I, I'll mess up if I keep trying to say who's gonna be there, but it's, a, it's an all-star lineup that's coming in. And we also are gonna have, uh, I understand that um, Heroes Media Group is gonna have <laughs> some sort of a, of a booth there doing interviews and, uh, and broadcast. So that's going to be awesome. Boone Cutler's coming in. He's going to do a Spartan pledge ceremony. Nice. We, uh, we have um, John Jackson who you may remember from being the fitness coach for the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Yep. He is speaking at our barbecue on Saturday night. We have, the first afternoon, Friday afternoon, for any veterans that are in the area or come in early, we're going to offer guide training. So how do you mentor another veteran? What do you need to know about that? What, what does that look like? And how do you do it? And then on Sunday afternoon, we're going to do, I believe it's limited to the first 35 veterans that sign up for it, but as part of their registration for the seminar or, or the expo, they're going to uh, be able to go through Burris emotional fitness coaching with me. So that's four hours. Usually that in and of itself is $200. I don't charge a veteran when we do that ever. When I work with a veteran, they don't pay for it. If I coach a non-veteran and I have, then uh, it's 199 bucks for them to go through the initial coaching. Nice.
0: Now where can, now for, for those that are listening and, want to go to Dallas for the vet expo, where can they go to register?
2: Vetexpo.com. Perfect. V-E-T-X-P-O.com. I also want to add that, uh, if you are a veteran who has written a book, we're going to have a veteran author corner. So you can bring your book. Uh, you can sell copies of your book, sign copies of your book, give away copies of your book. Um, It'll be a a great opportunity. We're hoping to have uh, a lot of folks that come in that this is an interactive growth experience. And and in everything with Gallant Few, uh, it's not my organization, right? It's our organization. And if there is something that I was having this conversation with one of my directors earlier, we get people all the time that call up and say, hey, I've got a great idea. You should do this. Okay, that is a great idea. Why don't you start? come back to me with a plan and a budget and how you want to raise some money and we might be able to help you with some start funds to get going but let's figure out how to make it happen and and usually people are like oh okay well never mind and you know this this is about us this is our community what we bring to it we we all are a part of it so I encourage people to come see what it is get involved help us make it even better going forward uh, we have There's a double vision coming out of this. One is this particular area, the Dallas-Fort Worth market, has been identified as the center of the metroplex 20 years down the road. So as we do this event every year, and Texas continues to be the number one state in the country for veterans, the veteran population here, we're not only going to provide them resources to make them better going forward individually, but we're encouraging them to become community leaders, to step up and and take an active leadership role in your community. We're going to change what our community does here, being led by veterans going forward. And it's not a political statement. It, it is veterans have the benefit of exposure to the best leadership, the best decision-making training, uh, they have been under the gun for things that are extremely important and responsible for a lot. And then they come back to a community and nobody asks them to do anything. And I want you to go out and be on your crime prevention committee. I want you to be active in your town council. I want you to do things to lead your communities and make them a better place. Add value. You want to add, you
0: want to add value. You want to train people to add value to their communities.
2: Absolutely. Be a, be a leader. Right. Don't go back and just, and just suck oxygen. You need to be a leader. You need to make your community a better place. Yeah. What a veteran walks down the street, they see trash on the road. What well, they do, pick it up. Yeah. Right. Civilian walks down the street, they see trash on the street. They just walk past it. We've, we've got trash in our communities that goes away. We have silly stuff that goes on in, uh, in, in leadership in our communities and and we can put a stop to that. We can make, make things better. That's a little bit of a sidetrack, but I think it's important that, uh, Veterans understand. They, in my opinion, they have an obligation. The the country invested a lot of money in making them who they are. So when you come back, now you can turn that to good right in your own backyard.
0: Right, Patty.
1: Yeah. So I I absolutely love this. Um, I'm a huge promoter of volunteer work and getting involved in communities and especially our veterans. Um, I was recently working with a veteran. Who um, was just struggling to kind of find his place, and finally, I talked him into volunteering it 's taken me probably seven years to get this guy out of volunteering, and now he just can 't get enough of it he 's happy and enjoying life and helping other people at the same time, so it 's fantastic and Um, I did not realize all of the awesome things that you're doing with your organization. It's like we almost don't need any other organizations because you've got it all. It's so cool, Um, Carl. So one of the questions I do have is what are the qualifications that need to be met for a veteran to participate with Gallium View?
2: Well, Breathing.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Now I know that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Qualification. All right. What's next? (laughs) Yeah. Next question. um, There are, there are veterans that may not be successful in business. They may be struggling financially, but they are uh, extremely talented in overcoming adversity, right? So they may be able to help somebody else stay alive by being on the telephone and talking to them and and encouraging them through a dark period. Uh, you have somebody else that, shoot, they may be the most successful veteran business person you've ever seen. And every night they go home and they think of reasons why not to eat a bullet. Uh, so you can't look at somebody and say, you, you meet all these qualifications. You're the perfect person to be a mentor or guide or, or whatever. No, what, what uh, when a veteran comes to us and they take that, 25-question survey, and emotional fitness was only one. We've got physical fitness, professional fitness, social fitness, and spiritual fitness, and, and we identify, we measure their levels of spiritual side by professional side. So here are some resources that can help there, and we have some a way you can plug in over here on the spiritual side. And I want to be clear when I talk spiritual fitness, that's not Catholic, Buddhist, Protestant, that is, do you have a sense of purpose? Why are you here on the earth? Are you connected to other people? Do you live in a sense of love? You know, the, I had a, an opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity, to uh, go to India for two weeks earlier this year because one of my wife's work friends who is from India was getting married and we were invited to the wedding. And from the time that I stepped off the airplane in India, Every person that either they were like a waiter or even the customs official, everyone would bow their head, they put their their palms, their hands together over their heart, and they would say namaste. I decided I would go and do a little bit of research into what in the Hindu faith does namaste mean. And namaste means, in the, the literal basic Hindu translation, at least what I looked up is, The divine in me acknowledges the divine in you. Now, if you're able to live in a way that the person that you're interacting with, you think of them as a divine being, the divine in them, the divine in me acknowledges the divine in you, it makes it hard to react in hatred, right? You may disagree with what somebody does, but you can still love. Uh, When you lose the ability to love and you react in hatred or anger, now you don't communicate clear, you don't make good decisions. And you do things that hurt other people, but when you are bonding in a state of love, now the the interaction is totally different, right so that's that's part of spiritual fitness.
1: So when a veteran comes to your organization, um, I know some organizations they say, well, you have to be thirty percent disabled or you have to be of such an era of veteran. Um, what are your rules as far as that goes?
2: They have to be breathing.
1: that's amazing that's great Um, I'm sure the majority of people who contact you breathe
2: (laughs) so we've had when we we first started really the only uh, after we expanded outside the ranger community the only qualification we had was we said you had to have an honorable discharge and then I started running into veterans who had other than honorable discharges that their offenses in my opinion could be traced to post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury. And uh, when you have a soldier that, one, one month is soldier of the quarter, and then a mortar hits next to them in Afghanistan, and the following month, they're the biggest dirtbag on the planet, how can the chain of command assume that they just immediately became a terrible soldier and not try to figure out if they actually had a brain injury? And so we scrubbed the, the discharge qualification And we'll talk to any veteran, regardless of era, injuries, no injuries, combat, no combat. Uh, But if we talk to somebody that does have another than honorable discharge, we're going to have an open discussion about it. And, you know, if you're uh, a child porn user and that's why you got discharged, I'm not helping you. You're on your own. But if uh, if your traumatic brain injury led you to. Uh, DUI, for instance, that got you another than honorable discharge, then we're going to try and refer you to resources to get that change so that it becomes an
0: honorable discharge.
1: That's great.
0: Awesome. Well, Carl, we're up on time here. So before. Can, can I put out a real quick
2: final plug? Yeah, I wish you would. You were saying what's been going on. Uh, over the last month, we brought on three new programs to Gallup Hue. Oh. One is called uh, the WAM Project and that stands for Women with a Mission. That's WAM Project on Facebook, and that's women veterans. It's led by women veterans, and it is for women veterans. We have the Medicine Wheel Society. That is led by Native American veterans for Native American veterans. So, you know, connecting a Marine to Marine in most cases is good, but if you have a Native American Marine and a non-Native American Marine, the non-Native American Marine might say something that, uh, inadvertently is offensive to a Native American Marine. So we want we want to be able to learn from that. But more importantly, using the cultural influences, we want to be able to do better for that population. We have one program that is geographically focused. It's the first time we've ever done this. And this is a, a program called VETREC that's in the Detroit metro area. And it stands for Veterans in Recovery or Veterans in Recreation And it was started by a veteran who was a substance abuser, addicted to some pretty hard stuff uh, that as a result of his combat experiences. And as he overcame that, he saw a way to help other veterans through it. They were too small to get any traction. They couldn't raise money to do the things they needed to do to grow a program in Detroit, which is like the worst city in the United States for veteran services. So uh, I I had uh, met with them over a year ago. I've been trying to support and help the things that they do. And uh, earlier this year, they said, can you help us set up a 501C3? And I said, sure. And as I walked them through the process, they said, well, how about we just join yours? So we brought them on board as a program that now we're supporting. Run Ranger Run is a perfect way for them to raise money to do the things they need to do. They already did one event there. And the money that they raised, we, we returned right back to them. So they are using it now to change the way that Detroit helps veterans and uh, i'm really looking forward to supporting their leadership going forward
0: you know it never ceases to amaze me carl all the great things you're doing and for this for the veteran community just for for people as a whole man it's it's such an honor to call you a friend uh before i let you go obviously you you know you're on the show called the decision hour i've asked this question to you before i'm going to ask you again name a time in your life where your feet were on the line you had to make a decision whether it was join the military, get out of the military, start Gallant View, whatever the case is, tell us a time where you had to make that decision. Tell us your decision hour and what the atmosphere was like at that time.
2: Man, that's, you should have like given me two days to think about (laughs) it.
0: I think, it's a t- I think it's a tough one because he's, he's done, Carl's done so much, folks. And, and yeah, I'm telling you, you get, make sure you check it out, gallantfew.org, Run Ranger Run, you gotta check out these organiz- uh, everything that, that Carl's doing.
2: Well, I appreciate that. You know, the, the biggest decision that probably impacted the course of my life was subsequent to the helicopter crash that killed 12 Rangers and Air Force Special Operators in 1992. I made the decision to leave the army. I walked into my boss's office, at that time Major Joe Votel, who is now four-star General Joe Votel, and I said, "Job done. I'm I'm leaving the army," and and it was it was a snap decision that was made because my feelings were hurt, my emotions were wounded, and and I was sick of not seeing my kids. I had two young daughters, so as I as as I stepped out into the unknown of transition, I did not know at that point, point that all of the things that I was going through were going to be relevant in the daily conversations that I have with veterans today. Because, because I, I talk to veterans now, when you think about a man or a woman that leaves the military, if they have not retired, there's something happened that caused them to leave the military. And sometimes it's the death or maiming of a comrade. Sometimes it's making a bad decision and, and getting in trouble. Uh, sometimes you're physically hurt yourself. But most of the veterans that I talk to, especially in the combat arms, they take that as a personal failure and they can let that personal failure define them and hold them back from higher success in civilian life. But I've been through that. I've had those exact same thoughts and emotions and I can have a discussion with them about, I understand that and here's how I got through it. Here's how you can get through it. Uh, Patty was talking about, Her buddy that uh, started volunteering. Our mission statement says we want to help every veteran transition to a civilian life of purpose and hope. If you don't have purpose, you don't have hope, right? And when you're in the military, you got purpose. You got purpose running out of your ears. You don't have to worry about what your purpose is. But then when you hang up that uniform and you go home and now you have a job selling stuff or whatever it is, how is that purpose, right? That's just. You get into mode where you wake up, you eat, you poop, you work a little bit, and then you go to sleep, yeah. and then you repeat, and then you repeat, and then you repeat. And and you're not helping anybody get better. You're not improving your, any of your levels of fitness. You're just existing. And when you figure that out, that w- one of the best things that you can do when your life really sucks is go volunteer someplace where somebody's life sucks more because it puts yours into perspective in a hurry.
0: i absolutely love it. Carl, any parting words before we let you go?
2: That's good to see your face. Sorry, you can't see face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I will see you soon enough. Uh, We're looking forward to the October event. Folks, uh, galenfeud.org and uh, for this event in in Dallas, Texas, the Vet Expo. Go to vetexpo.com. Get registered today. That's all the time we have today. Make sure we got to give a huge shout out to Heroes Media Group, our parent company. Go check out all the great shows uh, that are on the network. Go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Patty, do you have anything?
1: No, just thank you so much, Carl, for being on the show. And I learned a lot. I've been doing better in advocacy now for 12 years. And uh, I learned a few things today. I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Patty. For Patty, I'm Adam. Thanks, Carl. We'll talk to you guys next time. You've been listening to The Decision Hour.